So glad to be able to listen to the words and the teaching of Jesus today as we dig into the inspired word of God. You know what I love is that when we take this book and we open it up, that how often we'll find that whether it's uh, science, archaeology, research, something that's been done that will go, wow, you begin to see affirmation of what's in the scripture. Not that it needs it, it's true regardless, but when people begin to acknowledge and go, wow, there's something about what it teaches here that actually is, that's the topic for today. We're looking at the Lord's Prayer. We're seeing a phrase at a time what Jesus is, is asking us to pray for. And one of the things he says is he says, Father, forgive us our what? Trespasses or sins as we forgive those who trespass or sin against us. Let me just ask, did Jesus actually need to pray that for himself? No, the second part, forgiving others trespasses, but for his own, he never, the Bible says he never sinned, he, he, never, he never failed, never did anything wrong, but he was teaching us a model prayer, and he prays on this theme of forgiveness. Let me read you something from the Mayo Clinic that I just thought was Really interesting, this is from the Mayo Clinic and it says, who hasn't been hurt by the actions or words of another? Perhaps a parent constantly criticized you growing up, a colleague sabotaged a project or your partner had an affair, or maybe you've had a traumatic experience such as being physically or emotionally abused by someone close to you. These wounds can leave lasting feelings of resentment, bitterness, and anger, sometimes even hatred. But if you hold on to that pain, you might be the one who pays most dearly. Working on forgiveness can lessen that act's grip on you. It can help free you from the control of the person who harmed you. Letting go of grudges and bitterness can make way for improved health and peace of mind. And listen to what, this is again from the Mayo Clinic, uh, not really a Christian institution, Listen to what they say are the benefits of forgiveness. It can lead to healthier relationships, improved mental health, uh, less anxiety, stress, and hostility, fewer symptoms of depression, lower blood pressure, a stronger immune system, and improved heart health. It could be that if a doctor knew that you were really burdened with bitterness, that the best prescription might be, you know what, I, I, I want you to learn the secret, the wonder of forgiveness. In your notes, there are some other uh, research from Johns Hopkins uh, and then Harvard Medical School on their website has an article with the title, The Power of Forgiveness. Almost sounds like we're in church, right? Uh, I think Jesus was on to something when he included this theme in the prayer that he taught us to pray. And uh, so let's take a look. What did Jesus say about the, the topic of forgiveness? Why did he include that in his prayer? And why is it such a significant a part of his prayer? We'll see as well. Love for you to turn in your Bible with me, either your cell phone Bible or this paper Bible to Matthew chapter six, first book of the New Testament. Uh, the Bible app you'll see there on the screen. You can just, with your phone, just take a picture of that and uh, it'll bring up the Bible app. It's free on your phone. Notes are on our webpage, gracemay.org. Just says bulletin with fill in notes. And then maybe you got one of the pages on the way in. Also, we're doing a Bible reading plan through the New Testament this year. I can't think of a better way, and you'll see right there uh, on social media, you can follow us a couple of times a week. 
We have, uh, you know, a few of us who are talking about the passage read in 45 to 60 seconds, just sharing a little bit about, uh, about that. Want to say uh, greetings to our other campuses, Olmstead Falls, uh, to the brothers at Lorraine Correctional, and others of you who are watching from around Northeast Ohio, or maybe different parts of the country. Just want to tell you today, it's 78 degrees here in Cleveland. It's sunny. We're going swimming this afternoon, and, uh, and I need to ask for forgiveness. So anyhow... Matthew chapter 6, uh, we're in the series on the Lord prayer, Lord's Prayer, without doubt the most prayed prayer in history, and it starts with three aff- affirmations about God, your name, your kingdom, and your will, and then the second three are petitions. Uh, would you grant us, give us, would you forgive us, and would you lead us not? And so we're looking today at, at God, how do we experience your strength? in order to forgive. So let's, let's pray the prayer together, shall we? You'll see the words on the screen here. Let's pray this together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. He says both. We receive it and then we give it out. How how important is this? How vital? Do you know that the very, what the very next words are right after this prayer? I mean, like, Jesus only comments on one aspect of his prayer immediately afterwards. And and here's what it is. Let's let's read this part aloud together. This is how he goes on right here. Let's read this together aloud. Ready? For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I just pause one second. Just let that sink in a little bit. It's pretty intense, isn't it? Like it raises the stakes like, God, I want to experience your forgiveness, but it's so hard for me to forgive others. Lord, how, how do I do that? How do we forgive? Let me just say one thing is you'll often hear people say is they'll go, you know the hardest person to forgive? Hardest person to forgive is what? Myself. Kind of say the Bible never asks you to forgive yourself. I'm not saying you don't need forgiveness, but you don't, never is, are we told to forgive ourselves because it's a little bit like we're, we're going like, how do, I, how do I make up for all the wrong I've done? How do I erase things from the past? And just, I think what we're maybe really saying is how do I accept God's forgiveness and believe it to be true? Because what I can't do, he can, right? That he can forgive things that for me are so big and ugly and regretful that God says, no, I'll do this, and so we pray. Father, forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who have sinned against us. So let's talk first about how has he forgiven us, and then how do we extend that to the people around us, okay? So it says in your notes, if you want to follow along here, it says, the Lord has forgiven you in an amazing way. And I mean, I mean amazing. I mean, what the Bible says about God's forgiveness is, is pretty incredible. Jesus doesn't go into detail here, but his followers got it. 
You read, you know, whether Peter or John or Paul or whatever. In fact, let's turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3, if you hit First and Second Thessalonians or Timothy, you've gone just a little bit too far. Come back to the left a little bit. And, and we're going to just read and see what are a few things that we read in just one book of the New Testament about the forgiveness that God offers. First of all, we see that it's total and complete. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away or circumcised. It means you still had this sinful streak in your soul. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave most of our sins. No, what does it actually say there? He forgave all, all of our sins. Like the very worst thing you've ever done. The very worst thing that someone you care about has ever done. That when we come to Jesus and we say, Lord, I'm so sorry for what you... He forgives. And it goes on here. I love this part. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Here's what happened. Back in the first century, when you would owe a debt to somebody, they would do a certificate. And it'd be like, you know, Darren Smith. Darren Smith owes, you know, $300 to Jonathan Schaefer or something. And I would put that up there and I'd say, until Darren pays me back that certificate. And so he's eager to get rid of that because he doesn't want that. But what if you have a certificate that has a debt that you can never repay, which is what the Bible says all of us have with God our Father, that we have this debt that we're unable to pay, and we've, we've sinned either by things we've failed to do that we should have or things we have done we shouldn't have. What does he do with all the wrong when we come to him in verse 14? It says he canceled that certificate of death, and where did he nail it? Right to the cross. Jesus paid my debt on the cross. He paid your debt so that every sin is forgiven and that certificate is ripped down, nailed to the cross, and it's, it's gone. All my sin. That's what Jesus has done. Here's what else we know. God's forgiveness came at a high cost. It's, if you turn back just one chapter to Colossians chapter one, you see this little phrase at the end of verse 20 and we're reminded just how much our forgiveness costs. End of verse 20 says, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. I read that and I go, wow. Lord, you were willing to pay the highest price so that I could be clean and forgiven and free. You shed your blood. And I then have to ask myself, so what am I willing, what cost am I willing to pay to release somebody else. You see, because the debt of our sin always requires a pardon and a price. It, it, God, God just didn't say, yeah, I forgive you. He, he says, I forgive you, and then he paid for that forgiveness with his own blood. You could also say this, God's forgiveness is provided before I asked for it. I was his enemy. The next verse, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, makes that clear. It says this, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. You know what's amazing to me? I, I, tell me if you find this to be the case. I find it hard to forgive my friends sometimes. When there's been a deep hurt, I'm like, really? But to forgive my, my enemies? That's what God did. Pastor Jelani read it a little bit earlier in Romans chapter 5. Even while we were still, what, sinners, 
Christ died for us. Like he died for me when I was in rebellion and running, and, and he loved me that much. Friends, to think that the very God of the universe uh, has it in mind that he just offers you this gift of grace. There's nothing you could do to earn it or deserve it. One more amazing part of his forgiveness, all, all of this, what he does, allows me to enter a friendship with Almighty God. God doesn't just simply say, you know what, I forgive you, all right, away from, get, get out of here. He goes, no, I, I forgive you, and I want you to be part of my family. He's not like some distant, you know, like otherworldly kind of God. He's, he's personal. Jesus is our Father, our Heavenly Dad, in heaven, your name is holy. Forgive me. Forgive us, Lord, for what we've done. And he, he welcomes us into his family. So, you know, when the enemy reminds you, one of the enemy's titles is the accuser. And he loves to whisper and to go, I remember what you did. I mean, how could you ever forget it? You know that you, and you can say, I did. I, 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 I did do that. And it is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That certificate of my debt has been nailed to the cross and I own it no longer. And it's a testimony to God's grace, right? And your life, how amazing he is to be able to say, wow, it's just what he's, you know, a little bit ago we heard the two stories of I love their courage, by the way. Lisa and Judy and others here have talked about having an abortion and just how they've experienced God's grace, decisions that they regret and say, well, and it's not just women, men who have been a part of that as well. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you go, I, I walked out of my spouse. I walked out of my kids like they were young. I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking. What, what did I do? And you go, it was terrible. Maybe you lied to someone you care about or you you know, we're dishonest with the boss or on a sale or something. You go, that still haunts me. Like, I, someone else, I just did someone wrong. All of those, when we come to Jesus, can be testimonies to his grace. My father forgives me. My father forgives me. Would you say that aloud with me? Ready? My father forgives me. You might need to repeat that numerous times today. My father forgives me. A while back, I received a letter from someone here at Grace, and they wrote how they had recently opened up their heart to Christ and his forgiveness and leadership, and they talked about how that really impacted him, his forgiveness. And I just let me read what says, Dear PJ, and I'll just read the one relevant section. I feel like I've won the biggest lottery jackpot in history. My reluctance and terrible fear of surrendering to God is passing, and in its place is a tremendous peace and love like I have never known. I'm starting to experience this joy. Before, I never actually believed that God could come into my life, but now I'm reading the Bible every day. I can't seem to put it down, taking notes and jotting down questions I have. God just seems to be in every moment of my life, so I'm taking it one day at a time, trying to stay focused in the moment and keeping my heart open to whatever God asked me to do. I love that. That's becoming a follower of Jesus. And it started with what? Father, forgive me my sins. Lord, wipe them away. Cleanse me from all the wrong I've done. He'll do that. He'll answer that prayer. Jesus had prayed. If he wants us to pray it, you know the Father's gonna answer it. Father, forgive us our sins 
as, as we also forgive those who have sinned, trespassed against us. And if we fail to forgive others, he's saying it's an indication we haven't experienced his grace ourselves. We go, wow, how do I do that? You might say, John, you, you don't know how deeply I've been wounded. Like, if you knew the wrong that was done to me, how horrific somebody treated me, and I, I acknowledge I don't, I don't know that, but he does. And he wants to hear our prayer. Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. He wants to help us. So I just the question for you today is, are you willing for God to extend his grace through you today? If there's been deep hurt in your life over maybe an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend or a parent or a former boss or a coach or teacher or spouse or workmate or whatever, are you willing to say, God, I... I'm willing for you to do something in my life today regarding this topic of forgiveness. What does it actually look like? What does it look like to forgive? Let me say it again. The Lord has forgiven you in an amazing way, and he gives you the strength to forgive others. But rather than just going, all right, I forgive, what does it actually mean? I want to just talk about here's a couple of things we can do to know that we've forgiven, okay? Okay. Number one, identify who, who hurt you. Like actually make a list of people who have mistreated you, taken advantage of you. Don't, don't assume that just because, ah, oh, it's in the past, you know, it's not really, it happened a long time ago, that it's been forgiven. Something could have happened 35 years ago and you still haven't forgiven it. If you have mental conversations in your head with that person and go, I would, I would tell them this. Or maybe it's a person you go, if, man, if they fail, it would bring me so much joy. Right? You just can't wait. You just take, or whatever else, you go, I, I probably need to put them on my list. Make a list. Secondly, determine what they owe you. You know, when someone does us wrong, often we go, if, if we're angry, we'll go, I'm going to make them what? Pay. I'm going to make them pay. Why do we say that? Because when someone has wronged you, they've, they've taken something from you. They've stolen from you. And, and so you'll see even in your notes there, I'm some things that people can steal. Maybe your health. You're like, I went through so much stress, I ended up in the, in the doctor's office or in the hospital because of it. Maybe it's your marriage. They stole your marriage from you. Your reputation. Maybe it's money. It could be a chapter of your life. You're like, that, that was a horrible chapter. They stole a chapter of my life. Maybe you grew up with a parent who stole time from you. And you never saw it this way, but you look back and you go, you know, when I was little... I see my buddy and his mom would take him to the ball game and his dad would take him on the boat or whatever. And I was always like, my parents never do that with me or my mom, dad, whatever, whatever kind of home you had. And you look back and you go, yeah, I, do. I guess I do feel like they, they stole time from me. I didn't feel like they were there for me. A lot of people grow up in that kind of situation. And so you, you name it and you say, here's the person who hurt me and here, here's what they stole from me. And, and then... You take this next step. If, if we're going to forgive as Jesus has forgiven us, you make a decision to cancel the debt. You cancel the debt. You decide that the offending person no longer owes you anything. 
Here's how Jesus did it for us. We read it earlier in Colossians 2. God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He, what's the next word? He canceled the record of the charges against us. He canceled my, my debt. So if I forgive, the Bible says, forgive just as God in Christ has forgiven you. So if I'm to forgive others like God has forgiven me, it means I, I cancel the debt. It, it, it could be just a simple declaration like this. This is in your notes. Let me just do an example. You pray, Heavenly Father, so-and-so stole my marriage from me when they had an affair with my significant other. I've held on to this debt long enough. I choose to cancel this debt. They don't owe me anymore, just as you forgave me. Father, so I forgive, and you put their name in the blank. Maybe you put on a piece of paper, and then you burn it as a symbolic gesture that the debt is canceled. That certificate of debt is gone. The grace that you've been shown, you pass along to somebody else. But let's, let's just clarify something here so it's not misunderstood. Forgiveness does not always mean relinquishing justice. You can forgive and still allow consequences to be meted out. Let me give you an example. You walk out of here today, you go out to the parking lot, and you, uh, you're walking up to your car, and you're like, there is a huge dent in my driver's side door. This car's three months old. It's not been a dent. And then you see a little note on the windshield wiper, and you're like, oh, praise the Lord. They left their, like, contact information. You open it up, and it says, hey, I didn't see your car when I was backing up. And I'm so glad Pastor Jonathan talked about forgiveness today because <laughs> I know we're cool. Have a great week. And there's no name and no phone number. Is that what forgiveness means? Can you forgive someone and still have consequences? Absolutely. You might wind up in court with somebody and say, I forgive you, like you're safe with me, you see in the community, I'm not coming after you. But partly you go, there's a debt that needs to be paid here because your malpractice severely impacted someone I care about or me or you know, there's gonna be, I don't know how I'm gonna pay for this or you don't want the behavior to continue with other people. Now, maybe if it's out in the parking lot, you, know, you go, hey, here's a person I know they just lost their job, and I just found out they don't have car insurance, and you go, you know what, I'm actually going to forgive them, and I'm going to pay for it. But those are two separate things. You, you forgive, and then you're actually showing mercy to say, I'm going to go the next step. One other thing about forgiveness, if the offense is more serious than a dent in the door of your car... Uh, let's say that someone has abused you, mistreated you. There can sometimes be confusion that we think that forgiving someone means we return to the same kind of relationship we once had. It doesn't need to happen. You can have boundaries in your life to say, I forgive, but I can't allow that behavior to continue. This person abused me when I was 11 years old. I, I'm I'm not going to be in their presence or I'm not, you know, whatever. You can forgive without being restored to the same kind of relationship. One more thing. You identify who's hurt you, make a list, you determine what they owe you, you decide to cancel the debt, and then finally you dismiss the case. Uh, that means that when, let's say it's in a marriage and, and someone, you know, uh, your spouse, you feel like has wronged you, 
or you've wronged them, and then you go, well, don't forget what happened four years ago, and you hold it over their head in every other situation that comes up, you need to dismiss that case. You need to let it go and deal with the issue at hand and not hold this over and dredge it up every... Now, if it's a pattern of behavior that's continuing today and you go, what we were talking about three years ago and three months ago is happening today and we've got to deal with this. That's different. But if something is gone and the behavior has not been repeated, you dismiss the case. Now, will our feelings immediately be like, oh my goodness, I forgave and I feel amazing about that person? Probably not. At least that's not been my experience. It takes your emotions a while to catch up. That's okay. It doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. You make a decision and you say, you know, I, uh, Lord, I forgive them. And, and then when you feel emotions, maybe you see an old email or a possession or something, a picture of them, and you just affirm your decision again. Lord, I, I just once again, I just... Uh, through your, your forgiveness you've given to me, Lord, I pass it along to them and I just declare that their, their debt has been paid by you and, and you let it go. And, and eventually that offense begins to have less influence in your life. Just one more misunderstanding that sometimes we want to be careful about is that sometimes people say you just need to forgive and forget, right? That's another one. The Bible never says that. The Bible says to forgive the Bible never says to forget. If I asked my wife Mary, if I said, hey, you know that thing I did four years ago and I promised and I, I broke the, you know, and you, you don't remember that, right? She'd have to be, no, our humanness means we remember things that have happened to us by and large. We're just, that's part of being human. But she doesn't resurrect it, rehash it, bring it up out of the grave. She goes, I remember that, but I don't hold it against you. The Bible says to keep no record of wrongs, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So she doesn't keep a record of it. She doesn't keep on bringing it up, but you don't have to forget it. There's nothing wrong with you if you go, I don't know why, I just remember it. No, you can remember it and still have forgiven. We're not asked to erase the memory, but just to let it, to let the offense go. So grateful for what God has done for me, for you. You know what, you know what I find often helpful? is when I'm seeking to forgive, to focus on what Jesus has done for me instead of what that other person has done to me. Does that make sense? Because when I focus on what he's done for me and I go, God, the grace you've shown me, Lord, I uh, thank you, thank you. And then I, I pass it along to the people around me. Friends, listen, we don't forgive because the other person deserves it. Okay? We don't forgive the other because the other person deserves it. We forgive because we've been forgiven. Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And when you do that, are there health benefits? Absolutely. Does it bless the other person and help them to see like, I can't believe like that? Yes. But most of all, the reason we forgive is because I think just maybe when we forgive, we're most like our Father in heaven, which is what Jesus is talking about here in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, the very end, he says, then you'll be like your Father in heaven. And isn't that what we want? 
to say, Father, I want your heart to be reflected in me. I want your grace. I don't want to be a receptacle. I want to be a pipeline. So the grace that you've so freely given to me will be passed along to the people around me. I wonder today, maybe there's been a name that's come to mind, and you go, all right, I know I've got to work on this with them. I've got to figure out what they owe me. I've got to cancel the debt. I've got to dismiss the case. But it's hard, isn't it? It's hard, which is why Jesus said, let's pray about this. Ask your Father in heaven. So can we just ask him right now? Would you pray with me and let's ask him for his help in doing what he's called us to do, okay? Father in heaven, we just want to say this is a tough area and we need your help. Father, we want to follow your example that in Jesus you've poured out grace. So we invite you to let your grace be distributed through us, Father. Lord, just as you've been so generous with us, we pray would you help us to give out grace generously to others. So right now, Lord, we choose to dismiss the case, to cancel the debt of the person that we had in our mind. Maybe it's persons from the debt that they owe. Lord, not because they deserve it, but because you've been so gracious to us. So Lord, would you bring new freedom in our lives as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lord, may there be victories won, chains broken, bitterness released, and may other people experience your grace and your heart, your goodness through us. Jesus, we pray for the sake of your name. And everyone said, amen. May it be. He is so merciful, so kind, so good. Let's stand together and, uh, and, and sing this with the worship team about who he is. <laughs>